Hello and welcome back to Unraveling. Today I sat down to do my morning meditation, which is something I've been doing every day for the past couple of months. And well, actually, I didn't get to meditate. Um, recently, I had someone who I follow on Instagram, like a, I don't know what she calls herself. I can look it up. But anyways, I was talking to her about how my dreams are so intense and vivid. And she said that I needed to tell my guides, my spirit guides, to stop messing with me and just to let me sleep because they're obviously trying to get in messages that I'm not receiving during the day while I'm asleep. But it's gotten to the point where it's like, I mean, it's not gotten to the point. I've always been like this. I've always had very vivid, detailed dreams. And she was like, you're having um, an awakening. Um, Like, yeah, you're having an awakening and the messages they want to give you get all jumbled up at night. So it's important you try and make room in the day to receive the messages. And I was like, well, I sit down and do meditation and journaling of a morning and it can last anywhere up to two hours. Like I can spend forever sitting down and meditating and then journaling and then processing. And she ended up being like, no, meditating and journaling are two completely separate things in themselves and also completely separate from making or having allocated time to try and receive those messages. So this morning I went for a run and then I sat down and I was like, okay, let's try and open this up. And something that came through was someone who believes they are only the teacher has a lot to learn. You can always learn something from someone whose path is crossing with your own. Find leaders and teachers that are willing and open to learning from you just as much as they can teach you. Someone who is constantly putting themselves above everyone and who thrives most with people who are really struggling is playing out an insecurity wound. They have embodied a superiority complex. While you can, stu- while you can still learn a lot from them, energetically it may not be a fulfilling exchange and that whole little channeling message whatever you call it whether it was just me let's say it's a channeling message led me to a series of questions that I don't have the answers for but the message alongside my own thoughts brought up something that I have been thinking of for a while, I guess. And the message led into this thought. Fear of people not taking me seriously because they will think I'm inauthentic because I'm constantly changing. I have always rejected the idea of being just one thing for myself personally. Like if anyone else wants to do that, like I really don't care what anyone else is doing. But when it comes to myself, I've always rejected the idea that I am just one thing or that people will only see me as one thing. And with having this podcast and with putting out either like poemy things I've wrote or photos that I've edited or whatever like artistic creative expression that I have or anything that even aligns with the side of me that loves spirituality I, number one, get stuck in something that a girl, Sarah Basker, she's a YouTuber and I fucking love her. 
she was on a podcast recently and she put a name to something that I feel like I've struggled with my whole life and it's I don't remember how she worded it now. It was along the lines of like perfectionism paralysis. I think that's what she called it. Maybe the words have changed a little bit, but essentially it was perfectionism paralysis. And the second I heard those words, I literally jumped up out of my seat and I was like, that is literally me. Like I felt seen and understood just by this phrase of perfectionism paralysis. I hate, no, let me rephrase that. I don't hate. I feel uncomfortable sharing my creations. I'm doing, making a face, creations. I don't know why that word is making me uncomfortable as well. Anything that I create or whatever. I struggle with releasing it for people to see. Obviously, there is that side of me that's like, I'm going to get judged for this or people might judge me. Maybe people won't understand it. Maybe people will think I'm weird. You know, the plethora of things that come with being an insecure person. But then there's also the side of me that just, I need to make sure every last little detail is perfect and Perfection doesn't exist. So that leaves me literally frozen in here is something that I've created and that I want to share but I'm scared to share and I don't feel like it's perfect or good enough in that limbo. That limbo is possibly one of the worst places to be stuck in. And I know it's a common, I mean, maybe it's not. But I know there are other people out there that would struggle with this. Maybe I don't know them personally, but I know that they're out there. The fact that even just one other girl has said it. Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background. Sit down. Sit down. (laughs) Even the fact that one other girl has said it is just, I mean, it's not like I felt alone before, but it was just like, yes, we understand each other. Um, and there is this really real fear I have of people not taking me seriously because they won't think I'm authentic enough. And that led into, at the end of the day, Everything that we think we are, everything that we embody, these are all just archetypes that we choose to portray, things that resonate with us that we fall into a box, I guess. And I don't consider myself one thing. Like it has put me in a mental state sometimes where I'm like, who the actual fuck am I? because I feel like I am everything and nothing all at once. And how do you even begin to form connections with people when you can't fully understand yourself? Because they're going to want to get to know you and you don't know you because you are a multitude of different things depending on the day, your mood, the weather. Like I can change or my personality changes from moment to moment, I feel. Is that healthy? I don't know. I don't think it's not. Maybe I'm just not aware enough. Who knows? But how do we, which obviously led into the next point, how do we go public with information on ourselves and how we think and la, 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 that we may change our minds about? I feel like when you're trying to put yourself out there in a way that other people can be inspired by or look to for advice or I don't know but you just you're putting yourself out there in different levels of 
I don't know, <laughs> at different levels. Like not everyone wants to be an Instagram influencer and have their whole lives documented online, but there are also other people that do it in a way that resonates most. Well, being an influencer resonates with them. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there are people that just live their lives and put that information out there and then there are people who are trying to fulfill some kind of purpose by the information and like teachings they share, yada, yada, yada. But I feel like people are drawn to and connected and resonate most with people that are like solid in what they share and think and that are unwavering and unchanging in those ways. And I can't guarantee that. So that puts me in perfectionism paralysis because how do I be this perfect image for people when I don't know if I will believe those same things tomorrow or even in five minutes? You know? Oh, my God. The the next point, I forgot that I even wrote it, is how do we build strong connections with people if we can't understand them or know where they're at? So how is anyone supposed to relate to me or connect with me either on a superficial base, like internet level or even in real life person, you know, trying to make friendships or relationships How do we build strong connections if we can't trust that the other person is going to be the same person tomorrow? There must be a healthy line, I guess, but how do we do that? Because I know that when I come into contact or try and connect with someone that is just all over the place, and doesn't know which way's up for them, it rattles me. And obviously that is a trigger point and something that I need to work on because why should that affect me? But there's something admirable about someone who just knows who they are, knows who they, what they like and what they dislike and has these everlasting strong... <laughs> ideals for themselves that never change you can rely on that person I guess but then is that just limiting me to people that may be closed-minded I don't feel like I connect with people that are closed-minded anyways but is that a form of just being so cut off and unwilling to explore the universe that I don't know like how I don't want to connect with someone like that. But there is something admirable about someone who just knows what the fuck is going on. Which leads to the next point. Is having a set of core values what we should attach to and everything else is an ever flow of opinions based on personal experience? Should we put everything aside not dismiss everything, but like just focus on a core set of values that that person holds. And then everything else is literally just that person's opinions based on their own experience and their own reality. Yes, it's good to know what people like, but does it really matter? I read a book recently. I th- Did I speak about this in the first episode? I don't remember. I read a book recently called The Surrender Experiment and I highly recommend it because it's literally just a recount of this guy, his life, he just completely surrenders to life. Like he just, everything he thinks he knows about himself lets it all go. Likes and dislikes are just an opinion And they can be so limiting in what this life can offer us. If you only go for opportunities or things that you think you like 
and avoid anything that you think you dislike, it limits you to what you can experience. And it's a crazy concept. It makes so much sense to me in my brain, but it is wild because why would you ever want to do anything that you don't want to do or put yourself in a position that you don't fully feel comfortable in? That's stepping, obviously, it's obviously stepping outside of your comfort zone, which can lead to amazing things. But this feels different in a way that's like you have these ideas of things that you think you like and dislike and you just completely let it all go and see what comes. And the book, the guy, he, it's just crazy. I just, if anyone is actually listening to this, <laughs> and you haven't read the book, read it because it's insane and whatever, read it. But should we only align ourselves and attach ourselves to the core values of someone? Like, and I guess they would have to align with yours because how do you connect with someone's core values if they are opposing yours? I mean, we shouldn't judge people based on those things, but at the end of the day, if they're going to act or think or whatever in ways that do not resonate with you and do not align with you, should you or can you even be friends with that person? (laughs) Like it's good to not have just carbon copy clones of ourselves as friends. I guess it depends on the level of what we're talking about. Like if someone believes, if someone's racist and believes that only white people matter, like no, you don't have to be friends with that person. But I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Does this, am I making sense? Like should we just attach ourselves to the core values which leads into the next point of should we attach to anything at all? Because obviously that person can change. I'm talking about the racist person. They can learn and they can they can change their view of the world, I guess. And that opinion or that value can change. But then do we only meet people as exactly as they are in the moment that is exactly how we're supposed to? Does that make sense? Like are we meeting people in the form that they are at the right moment for what we're meant to, I guess, learn or take away from each interaction? And maybe if that Like if you distance yourself from that person, if you are meant to be friends and they do end up changing their mind, you'll come back together. If not, maybe whatever. How do we form connections but be fluid and accepting of constant change? How do we find people that we can connect with but be completely accepting that in any given moment they might change their whole view on something. I hope you guys can't hear my stomach rumbling. I'm flipping hungry. But is it possible to be friends with someone knowing or not knowing, expecting, I don't know, but just being open to the fact that they could change, that at any given moment something that they've come into contact with within their life has made them change their views on something that may be different to ours and not align in a way that connects us anymore or I don't know. The next point, do we put too much emotion and expectations into relationships? Do we make it too much or put too much emphasis on what on that other person do we put too much emotion and expectation into into our relationships not just with a significant other but with friendships 
family, co-workers, people we fucking run into on the street? Like do we put too much emotion and expectation into those connections? Can we ever experience a deep connection with someone if we can't trust that they won't flip their whole personality up tomorrow? Or is that a good thing? Can we still form deep connections regardless of that? Is it even possible not to project emotion and expectations into our relationships? At the end of the day, we are human beings. We have egos, we have emotions, we have expectations. Depending on where you're at in your journey, where it's led you, those things might not be a priority. You might be trying to not focus on them or you may not care and or have the awareness to even change that thought pattern of not projecting emotion and expectations but is it inevitable is there a level where no matter how enlightened we are no matter how much we ascend no matter how no matter how much we meditate and continue on the spiritual journey because I mean, religion can show that too, but is this something that is exclusively for spiritual people to acknowledge and be aware of and let go of? And at what point is it not possible at all? Because we are still human beings and the human experience and our human bodies and us as a collective is a dense vibration. It's a dense frequency because we are experiencing things in the densest of versions, I think. I just had that thought. Because if everything is energy, right, nothing really exists. There's a lot of passion in that. Nothing really exists because it's all, everything is made up of the same shit. Like it's all atoms. I might sound like a complete dumbass right now, but it's all little tiny microscopic things, atoms, whatever they're called, that form everything, right? So right now I'm looking at a microphone which is connected to a cord, which is connected to a computer screen, which sits on a desk, which stands on the floor, which is holding my chair, which is holding me. And these are all individual things, but we are all connected and we we are all made up of the same thing. Everything is energy. Everything has a vibration because it's all tiny, microscopic, moving parts of energy. And we perceive them to be what's in front of us, to be these existing things that's separate to ourselves. But everything is connected. Everything is touching something and connected to something, right? It all exists within this ball of energy. I did a, this made me think, I did a meditation a few weeks ago, whatever, And at one point, the lady, I think it was, you had your eyes closed and she said, picture the room that you're in. So if you close your eyes, I can see two computers. I can see the microphone all in my mind's eye. I can picture the room that I'm in based on my memory. (laughs) And then she said, you know, think of these things. So computer, table, chair, paper, pen, mouse, window, da-da-da-da-da. And then she said, now take away all the labels. And it was such a powerful moment because in my head it was like the 
what I know everything to be, I took that all away. So I took away the name computer screen. This is just an example because I obviously didn't do it in here, but take away computer screen, take away microphone, take away me, take away desk, take away, you know, the names of everything. And it almost like it drained the room of color and texture and depth and, you know, everything that makes everything look and exist the way that it does. And it left me with just like the blueprint version of reality, like a grid line. So it was just like lines upon lines forming squares to form shapes and everything was connected. Everything molded into the next thing. It wasn't like I was seeing a computer screen sitting on top of a desk. It was the shape of the computer screen forming into the desk, forming onto the ground, forming into the floor, forming into my chair, forming into me. And it was just different shapes merged and existing within, because I don't want to say on each other, everything was blended. There was no like, this is a person, the outline of a person sitting on a chair. It was a person within a chair, within the ground, you know, so on and so forth. And it was wild, (laughs) absolutely wild to just lose that vision of everything. And now I'm able to, like, I can look outside and I can see the tree. And in my mind's eye, while I'm staring at the tree, I can completely disable reality, disengage, and see how I'm connected to that tree. Because here I am on a chair, on the ground, in a house, on the floor, sorry, me in a chair, on the floor, in a house, on the ground and across that ground the tree is growing out and I can feel that energy flow and see that we're connected it brings a whole new level of awareness to me of we are all one because I understood that concept or what I thought I understood which is crazy that's another thing is with spirituality the more you learn or the more you know, the less you know. When you start diving into it, you like have this completely mind-blowing view of reality and then you learn something deeper and it expands it. But then you do get to these points where it's like, I know nothing. I literally know nothing. I know so much and I know nothing at all because my awareness and my understanding of each concept that is life has shifted so many times, it, like within different categories, I guess, that I I know things but I can't fully trust that I know and understand them because a new level might open up. And that's what that did. Yes, we are all one. Like you can feel the connection of being a human, being this that species, connected to the animal species, connected to the earth and the planet that we live on. But this complete breakdown of reality brought a whole new level and understanding to being one because when you take away the, I don't even know, what, like the image, the facade of like the separate things existing together I'm sitting here and my dogs are behind me but like we're connected if you take if you strip everything down and you're like well I'm not me and they're not a dog it's like just you can see the continuation of energy and as we move around we just move on top of or within that energy I hope this makes sense. I hope you can see what I see. And I wish I remembered the meditation I did so I could recommend it. But I don't 
remember it. Maybe I can find it and put it in the, what's it called, caption? (laughs) Information of the podcast? Anyways, all of that to lead to. So is it possible to not project emotion and expectation into our relationships? I don't know. We are humans, but then I do have that vision like, I don't know, can we ever get to a point where we just are completely enlightened and spiritual? I know that there are obviously masters or leaders, teachers throughout the ages that have shown signs of that, like Buddha and Jesus and all of these figures. Are they different to us? Are they not really human beings? Who knows? But we are a dense version. Is there, Are we ever able to elevate our frequency enough to the point that we don't project those things or that we don't look for emotion and expectations or, you know, whatever? All of that to lead to, can a authentic archetype exist? So this whole train of thought for me, I was writing down all these questions. I don't really have the answers for any of these, but I didn't let that stop me from recording this because of the main point. Someone who believes they are only the teacher has a lot to learn. I know that I have a lot of knowledge on different things. I know that I I feel like I am a teacher in ways. I know that people around me probably don't look to me for that because I'm probably a bit chaotic. I chaotic in the sense that I'm going or I've been through a lot of changes, upgrades, like I'm constantly tearing myself down to rebuild myself, like death and rebirth is in my DNA. Um, and I don't know why, but I just I always want to be the best version of myself, which then puts me into perfectionism, paralysis, you know, those same toxic cycles. But I don't know that people around me look to me as much as I want to be someone that they can come to for guidance and advice. I know when I was younger I was. Something about being so sure of myself made me that beacon for people, made me made people be able to rely on me and trust me. But I know when I think back to that version of myself, it was so limited. So how do you become someone that is fluid and willing to change and grow and learn at any second but still be a reliable source for someone or for multiple people? Because I do believe that there, I, my view of the world is unique, as is everyone's. But I think that I can share that with people and help people. But to believe that I am a teacher and that people can learn from me and that is as far as the exchange goes, I think I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't agree with that. Whereas there was a time where I did. I thought that anything that I learned had to be from experience, like just experience, not having connections, just through my own experience, and that I could teach people that perspective, but they couldn't teach me anything. Maybe I didn't have it as that sounds really intense of a view and it wasn't like that when I was thinking it, but I can look back now and see that that's how I thought. And I don't agree with that or it came through this morning that that is a point that I resonate with and I don't want to seek teachers and mentors or, you know, life coaches, whatever. I don't want to seek or learn from someone that doesn't feel like they can learn something from me. Obviously, by going to someone like I do want to find and work with particular people um, 
like as them being like a leader for me. I don't know if leader is the right word, teacher, I guess. Um, I know I'm seeking them and I do, I want them to help me, but I have come into contact with someone that feels like they have a wall up because they're the teacher. And for me personally, personally, I, that repels me. Hmm, interesting. (laughs) I'm just now realizing. That is something that they are sure of and I don't feel aligned with it. So maybe I'm just shifting into a phase of my life where I know that I can't just be one copy of like one version of myself and I'm seeking other people who are similar, especially people I can learn from. Interesting. Because I like the idea that that exchange between teacher and student, not that that, not that it can be flipped, but that the teacher is at least willing to be open enough to have a flow back and forth. I don't want to sit in a space where I feel like maybe I can't express myself in a way that they haven't thought of before or that maybe I'll be shut down because it's their course or whatever and they hadn't thought of it and they just dismiss it. Does that make sense? (laughs) So with my last question, can an authentic archetype exist, which that's what I was saying before, full circle because my, the first point was fear of people. I have a fear of people not taking me seriously because they will think I'm inauthentic because I'm constantly changing. At the end of the day, these are all just archetypes that we choose to portray. So things that I feel connected to, spirituality, um, there's, I guess, from my perspective, a sense of messiness to that because you're in this flow of life that doesn't put emphasis on the beauty of presentation. Does that make sense? (laughs) How do I explain this? So usually you step out of a phase of like materialistic things and like stuff doesn't really matter that's not important not that it doesn't matter it's not important and I guess that ideal which is something that you sort of learn and step into early on in a spiritual journey I mean I guess I can't speak for everyone but from my experience and that gives off a kind of messy vibe that you just kind of yeah flow through life and don't put a lot of focus on your immediate surroundings. Although this deep into my spiritual journey, I can see that those immediate surroundings play a huge toll or role in how you kind of, because again, we are human and it affects how you move throughout your day and throughout your life. If you're surrounded by trash and junk in a messy house, then it doesn't feel great but then it might for some people. Who knows? It's all fucking circumstantial, (laughs) whatever anyone believes. But that authentic archetype, it links back. Does it even exist? And that got me thinking and I looked up what, Authentic means, like the definition, and what archetype means. And I'm going to read them and then obviously give my thoughts. (laughs) Wow, welcome to a podcast. So authentic is 
authentic means being actually and exactly what is claimed. So if I claim to be a multitude of different things, I can still be authentic within that because that's what I'm claiming. But then is claiming capping you? So if I say, yes, I'm spiritual, but I'm also like, I think very logically and analytically, like I have that side of me that like processes things with like hard facts and data. And I also love the look and feel of being in my spiritual flow and like a little hippie baby. But I also love being a bit darker, a bit more like emo girl sometimes, like not emo girl, but like dressing a little bit more punk as, you know, like an expression of clothes, for example. One day I'll be in, you know, a tie-dye shirt and vibing it and then the next day I'll be in platform Doc Martens and a leather jacket and that feels just as good. So if I flow throughout all these different archetypes that I've set for myself, and claim to be not just a spiritual girl or not just, you know, a bit punky or not just, you know, facts and data and logical thinking, but I can also tap into the side of me that feels and understands energy and the spiritual nature to life. If I claim to be all those things, I can still be authentic, but then does that still limit me? Does claiming to be those set things still limit me in a way that I can't flow in and out? I don't know. Does that make sense? Like if I've got these set things, I can flow between them, but then when I step out of that, does that mean I'm inauthentic because I've not claimed that that's what I am? Does that make sense? I think so. Then archetype is the concept of an archetype appears in areas relating to behavior, historical psychology, and literary analysis. An archetype can be a statement, a pattern of behavior, a prototype, first form, so like the first of something, or a main model that other statements, patterns, or behavior, and objects copy, emulate, or merge into. So an archetype is the base Um, construct I guess of something the blueprint we'll say and then anything that identifies with that is just a copy a model of that but it does say merge into so you can become it but like you're still not the original thing, you are just a version of something that exists. So the idea of an authentic archetype is kind of like, I don't know what the word is, maybe a paradox because authentic means, let's go back to it. Of undisputed origin and not a copy, genuine. Being actually and exactly what is claimed. So it's like the original. And then an archetype is the original, but like a copy of the original. Do they kind of mean almost not the same thing, but like the original of the original? (laughs) The original of the copy, like that doesn't, this is a concept that's baffling my brain. How can you be an original of a copy? Let's look at some archetypes. So an example of an archetype. Because there are, I mean, depending on what you're looking into, what are the 12 archetypes? 
Oh, these kind of link to the personality types. Hmm. Well, an example, the most famous example of an archetype is the hero. Hero stories have certain elements in common. Heroes generally start out in ordinary circumstances, are called to adventure, and in the end must confront their darkest fear in a conflict that deeply trans that deeply transforms the hero. That's just an example. And then this one guy, Carl Jung, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I've done the personality thing before and it gives you an archetype. Mine was, I don't remember. Maybe I should do it. Um, but everyone falls into that. But then you can also embody different things. Like an archetype as well is, from my understanding, just different versions of who you are as well. Like I'm a girlfriend, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, blah, blah, blah. They are also archetypes, I'm pretty sure. But can you ever have an authentic archetype? I mean, if you, so authentic means to be exactly what is claimed and an archetype, archetype is the name of it. So if you're claiming to be, for example, the hero and you act in that way and follow that sort of narrative and story, then yes, you can be authentic. If you claim, I just, I guess I don't like the word claimed. I guess that is still limiting to me because I can claim to be a multitude of things, but if I step outside of that, that trigger comes up again of like, well, then people aren't going to think you're authentic. What an interesting thing. I don't have the answers. These are just things that I'm thinking of. (laughs) But very interesting. This is the point where I wish that I had like a partner to do a podcast with because then I could hear their thoughts and ideas. But these are just my thoughts and ideas. And I guess now that it's come to my subconscious, I will focus on it more and try and work through those things because funnily enough, recording this and releasing this in itself is something that triggers that what do people think I'm weird? What do people don't agree that I should be a podcaster? Which when you say it out loud, like a lot of fears and insecurities, when they're running through your head, they make so much sense and they can really, you know, root down into your psyche and take hold and run you and your life. But then when you say them out loud, definitely makes it sound more stupid. It doesn't take away that it It's a very real feeling, I guess, an emotion or thought, whatever. It's triggering something in you. But, like, to say it out loud, who, why would I listen to anyone and what they think I should be? (laughs) Everyone just wants to be accepted and belong. But I think that's just... I think that's a part of the reason what's caused such a huge mess within societies. No one, I won't say no one, but like we're taught to believe that we have to act and, you know, fulfill certain roles and, you know, be a certain way. And it's not really working. And we know it's not working and we know why and we know that that's the cause, but it's still is not easy to step outside of that box and be like, well, if I'm happy, like anyways, if I'm unhappy anyways, because I don't feel like I belong, then I may as well just be myself. And if people don't like me and I don't belong, then like, what's the difference really? I might be happier because I'm being my true self 
And if people don't resonate with me or connect with me, which the chances of absolutely no one resonating and connecting with me are zero, there will at least be one person. But if the outcome is going to be the same, then do what you want. Because by not being yourself, you would feel like you don't belong because you're not being yourself. So be yourself and don't belong anyways, if that was the outcome. But it's not. That's what we, you know, we're just, we make things too complicated. We put too many emotions and expectations into things. And maybe we can never, ever, 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 ever get to a point where they are completely, like we would just be balls of energy at that point. To completely release ego and emotions and expectations. I mean, yes, don't make them important and try not to like operate within those levels consistently and like step outside of that and just see the bigger picture. But is that not what part of being a human is? Like we can't just completely disregard all of it because then we wouldn't be human. And then what's the point of all this? My stomach is growling. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're my thoughts. I don't really have the answers to a lot of the questions that I was asking. Should I read through all of it again just to, you know, close it out? So the channeled message that came through was someone who believes they are only the teacher has a lot to learn. You can always learn something from someone whose path is crossing with your own. Find leaders and teachers that are willing and open to learning from you just as much as they can teach you. Someone who is constantly putting themselves above everyone and who thrives most with people who are really struggling is playing out an insecurity wound. They have embodied a superiority complex. While you can still learn a lot from them, energetically it may not be a fulfilling exchange. I feel like I don't really need to break that down because... It's pretty self-explanatory. The words, some of the words don't really align with the message and the feeling that I was thinking. Like someone who is constantly putting themselves above everyone, I don't mean that they think they're better. And in some cases that might, you know, play out. I mean that they just have that like I'm the teacher so kind of I'm above because I know more. That like energy and mentality. Not that they like... I'm better than everyone. It's just like I know more so I'm elevated, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. I feel like I don't really need to explain it. And that led into fear of people not taking me seriously because they will think I'm inauthentic because I am constantly changing. At the end of the day, these are all just archetypes that we choose to portray. How do we go public with information that we may change our minds about? How do we build strong connections with people if we can't understand them or know where they're at? Is having a set of core values what we should attach to and everything else is an ever flow of opinions based on personal experience? Should we attach to anything at all? How do we form connections but be fluid and accepting of of a constant change? Do we put too much emotion and expectations into relationships? Is it possible not to project emotion and expectations into our relationships? Can an authentic archetype exist? All great points. I'm sure over time and as my journey continues, I will learn more about each of those questions and what it means and I will uncover new levels of understanding. Um, and that's completely fine. I think I'm, I'm really comfortable now stepping into a point of People can change and if it means for the better, then that should be celebrated. We shouldn't hold people. I mean, this is a long, long time (laughs) um, thought and understanding for a lot of people, but I guess I'm, again, understanding and learning it at a deeper level. It is something that we should celebrate, especially if it's for the better. If it's for the worse, then, you know, let them live out their journey but we shouldn't hold people in these boxes of like what we 
think they should be or like if they're claiming to be that, that we should hold the awareness and understanding that maybe they will change. That's what they're identifying with right now. That's what resonates with them right now. But that doesn't mean we hold them to that forever because when they, and it's when they, not if they, when they step outside of that box, we, it's going to fuck with our expectations of them. It's having that understanding, awareness and acceptance of someone for where they're at in their life and not holding all of those things forever that we can see that that's the archetype that they want to step into and it's still authentic and if they step outside of that and move into something else it's still authentic it's still real it's still how they feel and we can't hold someone back or keep them in a box that maybe they've outgrown or completely stepping away from because that limits their growth or it might put pressure, unnecessary pressure on them that they have to push harder. Is that part of life? Do some people have to go through those things? Maybe. But I can at least say that whenever someone, I can confidently say that whenever someone steps in front of me, I at least have the awareness and acceptance that the person that I'm connecting with and dealing with right in that moment uh, could be the same tomorrow, but they might not be, and that's okay. As long as it doesn't fuck with me or hurt me, then my opinions and my expectations shouldn't come into play. They shouldn't really, you know. And there's levels to these things. Like that's a very general thing, obviously. Like I'm in a committed relationship and our relationship is not open and that is something that we want for ourselves we don't want an open relationship so I do have expectations that um I'm respected and not cheated on I guess but even holding those expectations if you go deeper and look into it even holding those expectations I mean don't expect that your partner is going to cheat on you but if that is a decision that they make, how do you want to take or handle the situation? Does that make sense? I feel like I might lose some people there. Like I obviously don't expect my boyfriend to cheat on me, but then having the expectations that he won't could hurt me more later. It's just take each day as it comes and, you know, if that situation comes up, which I no one wants that. It is obviously painful because emotions are involved. Um, but if you sort of step outside of that and just be like, you know, I trust that he won't, but if he does, then my moral compass is pointing towards whatever. And you kind of take the situation as it comes. But to have expectations of people is a tricky thing to navigate in my opinion. I mean, it does come naturally. It's part of judging someone is like having that expectation of them. Um, and I feel like these sort of energies are in a weird like transitional thing. Like if you were to put it on a chart or I don't know what the word is called, spectrum of things, like they kind of mingle expectations, judgment, like it all gets fuzzy. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't know. I feel like I'm personally trying to step away from those things to not have so much emotion and expectation in the things I experience and the people that I come into contact with. Anyways, I think that's all I've got left to give. Um, thank you so much for listening. Depending on what you're listening on, review it because I want to step outside of that fear and start sharing myself more. I feel like I'm authentic in what I say, but I also have the awareness that it might change and that's okay. <laughs> so rate, review, rate, review, do all the things. I don't know. If you want to, I don't care. But thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon.
Bye.